0: Hello everyone and welcome to Box Office Receipts, I'm your host Tyler Callahan and there is a good amount of news going on this week. The actor strike still goes on, we have the latest box office numbers, streaming updates, as well as new movies in development, and release date changes. Let's start with the Domestic Top 5. Staying in first place for the second weekend in a row is Taylor Swift's The Eras Tour with thirty-three point two million for a total of one hundred and thirty-one point nine million dollars. Opening in second place is Killers of the Flower Moon with 23.3 million. Third place was The Exorcist Believer with another five point six million for a total of fifty-four point three million. In fourth place was Paw Patrol the Mighty Movie with four point four million for a total of fifty-six million. And in fifth place was The Nightmare Before Christmas, which was re-released and earned $4.2 million. So for Taylor Swift, the drop compared to opening weekend was okay, nothing great, but the drop is similar to quite a few big films. So it looks like it is getting some repeat viewing, but not much. And as for Apple and Paramount, the Killers of the Flower Moon did okay. Uh, if this was a normal studio release, it would have been a train wreck with the film costing $200 million. But look, clearly, Apple is using this and other films to invest in their library, but also to get people to be aware of the film and their service, right? They want people to know this is an Apple film. So, you know, because ideally, this way in a few months, when it goes to Apple TV+, Plus, everyone will know, oh, it's an Apple movie, it should be there, they go there, they subscribe, and all that. And you also have to consider that with the strikes going on, uh, you know, you can't have you can't have Leonardo DiCaprio out there promoting the film, doing the circuit, doing the uh, press run. Uh, that would have helped, I think, clearly. Now, obviously, they would have loved if this was a pure box office hit. Right, it came in with $50 million opening weekend. It makes $200 million domestically at the box office. But at least for now, that's not the main priority. It's building up a library and getting people to subscribe to Apple TV Plus and join the Apple ecosystem. Because if they see whenever it hits TV Plus... If they see a good amount, a sharp increase of new subscribers, and they see a sharp increase in people, you know, current or new subscribers watching *Kills of Flower Moon*, then it works for them. Now, if people don't sign up to watch it, that's a problem. And look, this could be a slow run at the box office, it's a slow burn, I would say, because uh, you know, it got an A minus cinema score, so it's going to get good word of mouth. It's got great reviews. Uh, it could easily leg domestically to 50 million, maybe even 75 million. We'll see. In China, we got a new film debuting in first with crime noir *Only the River Flows* with 12.4 million. *Under the Light* dropped to second place with 6.7 million for a total of 173 million dollars. Third place was *The Volunteers* with 5.2 million, with a total now of 101 million. *Moscow Mission* came in fourth place with 4.5 million for a total of 83.5 million dollars. And in fifth place was the X Files 4 marriage plan with 3.8 million for a total of 129.1 million. Looking at international numbers, Killers at a Flower Moon earned 21 million for a worldwide opening weekend of 44.3 million. Again, an okay opening. That could have been a bit better. Let's see how it holds though. For the Eras Tour, Taylor Swift earned 16.1 million for a worldwide total now of $178.7 million. Trolls Band Together continues its slow international rollout, expanding to a few more countries. It earned $14.3 million for an international total of $16 million. The Exorcist Believer earned $8.2 million for a worldwide total of $107.6 million. The Creator is getting close to hitting $100 million, with it now at $90.4 million worldwide and Paw Patrol, the mighty movie, is now at $148.4 worldwide. In box office news, Beyoncé's film Renaissance will also be going international, with it set to open worldwide December 1st. Tickets will be available starting November 9th. In exclusive from Deadline, they are reporting that the box office tracking for The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes is looking to earn $50 million in its opening weekend. That would be very good for Lionsgate if that would happen. With the film reportedly costing 100 million, even just a decent international run would mean the film makes a good profit. For Fathom Events, they are saying that The Blind is now their most successful release, with the film earning $15.7 million at the box office. To be fair, part of that is the fact that they have extended its run and now has run longer than most films from Fathom Events. Remember, anything from Fathom Events usually only runs for a few days, maybe a week, uh, but still. The fact that they extended its run shows that there is some demand for it. For the ongoing actor's strike, there's not much to say other than the Guild and studios are back to talking and are trying to get a deal done. Maybe this time it'll actually happen. Sadly, we had a death this week with Richard Roundtree dying at the age of 81 due to pancreatic cancer. He was most known for his role as Shaft with the original film that came out in the 70s and appeared and a few sequels to it. Uh, Besides that, he has appeared in other films and shows. May he rest in peace, and thoughts and prayers are with his family, and as always, fuck cancer. IMAX had a good third quarter, with the company earning a net profit of $12 million. And for the IMAX box office numbers, this quarter was the second biggest of all time. These numbers aren't surprising, as it was led thanks to Oppenheimer, as well as other Hollywood films like Mission Impossible and Chinese films as well including Creation of the Gods, Kingdom of Storms. This week was also the American Film Market, or AFM, and there were a few noticeable movies up for sale. Or I guess I should say the distribution rights are up for sale. Uh, the news on all three were exclusively reported on by Deadline. The first is Horizon, An American Saga. This is the two Western films with Kevin Costner, and it looks like Warner Brothers will not be distributing it internationally for Newline. Instead, New Line and Costner have the international distribution rights up for sale, with K-5 International handling it. I guess for Warner Brothers this makes sense, as it's an American Western, common sense would be that it would be the biggest domestically. Curious how much New Line is able to get for the international rights. The second film is the Highlander reboot, starring Henry Cavill, and will be directed by Chad Zalinski. The film comes from Lionsgate, and while it's not clear, it looks like they too are looking to sell the international rights to the film. As of now, filming is set to begin in early 2024. And the third film is from Black Bear and Block Film, called Levon's Trade. The film will be directed by David Ayer, star Jason Satham, and have a screenplay written by Sylvester Stallone. That's right, he wrote the screenplay, which is adapted from a book with the same name. The film is also looking to start filming next year as well, with production set to start in March in London. While those films are open for distribution deals, there was a film that got theirs done, exclusively reported on by Deadline. Guy Ritchie has already finished filming another movie, which is from Black Bear. As for what we know about the film, it's not much, but we do know it is an action movie starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Henry Cavill, and Isa Gonzalez. Domestically, Lionsgate bought the rights for it, and as for other countries, Metropolitan Film Export will distribute in France, Roadside Films will distribute in Australia, and Vertical Entertainment in Eastern Europe, and Black Bear themselves will distribute in the UK and Ireland. In a surprise to no one, it looks like the Fantastic Beasts series is over. Speaking to Total Film, director David Yates said that the franchise is parked. Quote, with Beasts, it's all just parked. We made those three movies, the last one through a pandemic, and it was enormous fun, but it was tough. End quote. Like I said, this isn't a surprise. The three films were made under two different regimes. The first, I think, back when Warner Brothers was owned by Time Warner. The second was made while it was being uh, turned into Warner Media, right? Then owned by AT&T. And the third was during Warner Media. But I think it was right before, like, talks came out that they're looking to spin off into being, you know, being Warner Brothers Discovery, right? It was like six, eight months before that happened. So you now have new ownership. And what they see is consistent declining interest in the films. I mean, the box office worldwide for all three movies have gone down. It's a straight line down. I think the last one still made $400 but still straight down. Personally, I wanted the other two movies to finish it off, or maybe rework the fourth film into a proper finale. Uh, But financially speaking, it would not be a good business move based on the box office numbers. Who knows? Maybe The Secrets of Dumbledore earned a lot in VOD sales, Blu-ray sales, Uh, But even if that's the case, it's understandable why new ownership would be hesitant to spend another $150 million for at least a fourth film. We got a lot of updates on the Jonathan Majors uh, court case. First off, the accuser that was arrested by NYPD will not be charged, with the Manhattan District Attorney's Office saying it lacked prosecutional merit. Also, the judge rejected Majors' request to throw out the case, and the trial will move ahead on November 29th on top of that, the district attorney's office is now saying London police are part of their prosecution. This stems from an incident from September 2022 in London, and the district attorney obtained medical records, including photographs regarding it and which has been filed as evidence. While we don't know any more about what might have happened in that incident, Loki Season 2 was filming in the UK last year, so it is very likely Majors was in the country during that time for filming. Uh, We will see if we learn anything more about that once the trial begins. Now let's get into the release date news. Universal announced that The Black Phone 2 will be coming out June 27th, 2025. As of now, there's no word on who is returning from the first film, and looking at the calendar, it is set to open up against the live-action remake of Moana. Studio Canal and Sony announced when Paddington in Peru is set to be released, will come out in the UK first on November 8th, 2024, and will then debut in the United States two months later on January 17th, 2025, which will be Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. Also, as part of the update, Rachel Zegler has left the film due to the ongoing actor strike. As production has started, Carla Torres has joined to replace Zegler in the role. I had Warner Brothers there pushing back Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom two days. That will now come out December 22nd, which will be a Friday. Also, in regards to Aquaman, James Wan has mentioned in an interview with Empire that the massive reshoot reports are not accurate. Quote, we probably did seven or eight days, which is nothing for a movie of this size. It was just spread out because it's so hard to get your actors back once you've finished the initial shoot. End quote. He could be telling the truth, and I hope he is. Uh, because all the rumors surrounding this film is that production was a train wreck. Another Warner Brothers movie, the Robert De Niro mobster movie Wise Guys, got a new date and name, now called Alto Nights. It has been pushed from February to later in the year, now coming out November 15th, 2024. Paramount is the studio that made the biggest changes to their upcoming lineup. The biggest change for them is Mission Impossible 8, a.k.a. Dead Reckoning Part 2, though there are rumors now it may be retitled to drop the Part 2. Anyway, this isn't a surprise, as the movie was in the middle of filming when The Strike started, and which was set to come out next June, will now come out the following summer season on May 23rd, 2025. So Paramount is setting it to come out Memorial Day weekend, which is a smart move, and look, Top Gun Maverick came out that weekend last year. Not saying this one will make a billion, but it should give it a small bump, at least. As for other changes, A Quiet Place Day 1 leaves next March, and will now open up June 28th, 2024, taking Mission Impossible's old spot. If, starring Ryan Reynolds and directed by John Krasinski, moves up a week, it will now be released May 17th, next year. And finally, the latest SpongeBob SquarePants movie has been pushed back from May 2025 to December 19th, it will now go up against Avatar 3, but I think it'll do okay. It could end up how uh, Puss in Boots did well alongside Avatar The Way of Water last year. For VOD Premium, let's start with Sony and Prime Video, where Crunchyroll is now available as a Prime Video channel. Crunchyroll is the leading anime streaming platform from Sony, and is available with two plan options, fan for 7 dollars per month and... MegaFan for $9.99 per month. Both offer ad-free viewing, with the main difference being of the two is that MegaFan allows viewers to download for offline viewing. Now, I'm not sure if you sign up for MegaFan uh, Crunchyroll via Prime Video. I'm not sure if you were able to download for offline viewing, but if you're just in general subscribing to Crunchyroll, MegaFan, the main difference is you can download. As of now, uh, you can sign up Crunchyroll through Prime Video in the US, UK, Canada, and Sweden, with it expected to expand other countries next year. Variety is exclusively reporting that a Girl with Dragon Tattoo show is moving forward at Amazon MGM Studios, with Vena Sud set to be the showrunner. Show should be in good hands as Sud is well known for making the crime drama The Killing that was made for AMC and eventually Netflix. Paramount is set to roll out both their add tier and the premium plan internationally. For the ad tier plan, that will be launching next year in a few countries, including Canada and Australia. The premium plan will launch first, coming November 16th, to Brazil, Canada, Australia, and Mexico. Compared to the standard plan already available in those countries, customers will be able to have four active streams compared to two, and a lot of Paramount movies as well, as Paramount Plus shows will be available in 4K and HDR10, also happening at Paramount Plus, are more cancellations, with both Rabbit Hole and Fatal Attraction having been cancelled after one season each. At Apple, they are raising the price of their subscription services, and that includes Apple TV Plus. While it was $6.99 per month, it will now be $9.99 monthly, or if you want to subscribe annually, it will be $99. While they don't release subscriber numbers, I'm curious how many people subscribed to TV Plus as a standalone service and not a part of the the Apple One bundle. Comcast released their third quarter numbers, and there's a bit of good news for Peacock. It gained 4 million subscribers to bring its total to 28 million paid subs. Thanks to this and its recent price hike, revenue increased as well, bringing in $830 million compared to Q3 of last year, where it only brought in... $506 million, and on top of that expenses went down with the service losses being $565 million for the quarter. However, it is only down slightly, as Q3 last year's losses were $614 million. So, Peacock right now is making a lot more cash for the company, still costing a lot though to run. So, it's a work in progress. At Disney Plus and Marvel Studios, it looks like they have found their new team for Daredevil Born Again, in an exclusive from The Hollywood Reporter. They are reporting that Dario Scarpinane will be the new showrunner, and Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson will direct the remaining episodes needed to film. Skarda Payne has some Marvel experience, having written an executive-produced Punisher, and as for Moorhead and Benson, well, they directed Moon Knight and are the lead directors for the second season of Loki, which so far has been great. Now, personally, I have not watched The Punisher, so I am not sure about Scar to pain's work, but like I said, Loki Season 2 has been great, and for the most part, I enjoyed Moon Knight. Hopefully the new creative team will work well, and Daredevil ends up great. For Marvel Studios, they can't afford it not to. We also have the Nielsen Top 10 charts for the week of September 25th to October 1st. Suits came in first place overall, but it is starting to slow down, with it getting 1.4 billion minutes watched. Grey's Anatomy noticeably came in 2nd place overall with 958 million minutes. And Season 5 of Love is Blind on Netflix has helped it get to 3rd place, right behind Grey's Anatomy with 934 million minutes. For Disney, Ahsoka is staying in the Top 10 Streaming Originals chart, with it coming in at 4th place with 572 million minutes. And for movies, Elemental on Disney Plus came in 1st place with 862 million minutes. They can look at Netflix, they have signed Tyler Perry to a multi-year first-look deal. Under this deal, any film Netflix picks up, Perry would either direct, write, or produce. This is on top of the deal Perry has already made with Prime Video to direct, write, and produce four films. The streamer also released a trailer for the final season of The Crown. Season 6 will be split into two parts, with part 1 coming out November 16th. And as if for this episode of Box Office Receipts, if you want to follow me on X Threads, Instagram, or Facebook, links to those are in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.